This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at thebbqguru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com, like them on their Facebook fan page, Sucklebusters, or visit thetexasbbqforum.com. Check them out and see why Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, the official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700. And by Butcher Barbecue, makers of injections, sauces, and rubs. Find them online at butcherbbq.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, a leader in the pellet grill market. You can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by CookinPellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at CookinPellets.com, or you can find them at Amazon.com as well. This is Chad Hayden with Midsmeyer's Barbecue, the 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show tonight... More than happy to have you with a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening on your show this evening, coming up in about 13 minutes from now, if you didn't get the newsletter. The grand champion of the Lake Havasu Barbecue Contest this past weekend in Lake Havasu, Arizona, Ryan Moore of Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue. Then, 
after Ryan, 9.35. I think kind of a barbecue living legend, winner of much, moving on to the Sam's Club Regional Final, uh, getting a sixth place overall, the pitmaster of Lotta Bull Barbecue, Mike Davis, joining us right here on the show. Then we will move to the second hour, and it's going to be all Houston livestock and rodeo all the time. Grand champion to recap the weekend, Doug Shiding of Rogue Cookers. And Across the Tracks Barbecue, we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail next hour with Doug. And the reserve grand champion of the Houston Livestock and Rodeo friend of the show, pitmaster of Iowa Smokey D's, Darren Worth will be joining. All right, so a loaded show. Some of the biggest names out there in barbecue right now. Some of the biggest winners of this past weekend in barbecue right now. You will find them here over the next two hours. If you are watching the show, Right now, do me a favor, blast off an email or make a Facebook post, get on the tweeter, do something social media-wise to let all your friends and neighbors know that you are watching the show. A couple different li- uh, links that you can send them to. If you know they only like the audio, and let's face it, most people only like the audio, which I certainly get, you can send them to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You can also get audio links on iTunes Radio under the uh, Talk Radio section, I believe. Barbecue Central Radio is listed right there in that section. If you like video, we have that as well. Longtime show syndicate on the video side of things. Outdoor Cooking Channel's Kevin Bevington. You can find that link at OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch dash now. If you want to go directly there, you can also go to OutdoorCookingChannel.com and then click watch now. If you have Roku or some other IP television type devices, go to that particular platform's app store and search around for Outdoor Cooking Channel if you have it downloaded immediately, if not sooner, and you have the option of watching the live show right there on your IP television device or platform or whatever you want to call it. And then you can also find a host of archives there as well. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show each and every week, Tuesdays from 9 to 11 through iTunes, which is the most popular way to get it after the fact on the audio side. This show has an associated YouTube channel, which you can go to. It's slash barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, then the numeral four, and then the letter U. You can also get video replays, of course, at OutdoorCookingChannel.com. And, of course, the main website, Barbecue Central, TheBBQCentralShow.com, is the main clearinghouse for video and audio replays of this show. If you want to go there each and every Wednesday or days in between, too, if you just want to peruse around and see what's happening, more than happy to have you. But you can go there every Wednesday and get the audio replay first, and then at some point later on on Wednesday, late morning, early afternoon, the video typically makes it up there as well. So there's no reason you should ever miss anything on this show ever, no matter what they say. No matter who they're saying it to, it doesn't matter. You can always find a show like tonight with so many big-name guests that are out there coming on this show, but you might have something... I don't want to say you have something better to do than to sit around with your 
smart device listening to the audio show or getting on a computer or a tablet or whatever you have and watching the show on a Tuesday. Maybe you're taking in the Cavs game. I mean, who's not taking in the Cavs game right now? Actually, it's probably getting ready to be over. They're on a little bit of a schneid right now, but they're hopefully working their way back into the winning ways that Clevelanders have become accustomed to here over the last number of games. Also, we're here in a bit of a warm-up today. It's almost 39 degrees here in Cleveland today. Wow. Breath of hell out here. We're supposed to be warmer than that today. But the ice had other plans, of course. So if you are into cooking, maybe you got out, enjoyed some of the nice weather today, depending on where you're at, and you had some outdoor grilling, you had some outdoor barbecue, Something along those lines. Let me know what you did. I got six feet of snow in the backyard. Cleared off. Waiting for some uh, wood pellets. Oh no! Soon enough. And then we'll be back to live, local, and late-breaking cooking. As it relates to my particular domain. Maybe you aren't in a similar fashion. But it has been so brutally cold, like brutally cold, that even the most hardiest of grill fellow has got to be at least, maybe you still go out and do it. Maybe you're that tough of a guy. Maybe I'm not. But even the most hardiest of fellow has to question a little bit about going out and cooking, even if you're grilling, you know, the shorter of the two. I was trying to find an article that I was going to share with you. Oh, beer and barbecue among perks for criminal bosses in Bahia prison. A barbecue amongst friends with photographer and beer. The scene is a common place all over Brazil. What makes this Case unusual as the gathering took place in a penitentiary. In another photo, a prisoner goes, uh, poses with a running machine, an exercise bike. These privileges are called frentes, criminal bosses who run sections of the prison. Some cells have food processors and food processors and fans. Wow. So evidently, if you are in big trouble and you get thrown into the huscow, anybody say huscow? Into the cooler. In Brazil, if you align yourself with the proper criminal bosses. And I think Brazil pretty well known for some crime down there. But you align yourself with the right person. You could be literally eating high off the hog. Point of note for you ne'er-do-wells, malfeasance, and otherwise no-gooders. Instead of getting thrown in the jail here in the States, right? Go down to Brazil, get your crime in there, get caught. And then, once you get into the jail, find bosses that run certain sections of the prison that get barbecue, that have their hands on pork butts and are friendly with the sales or the sales staff, with the prison staff who give you cell phones to make calls and all this other stuff. Wow. Got to go. 
Got to go to Brazil if you're going to be committing crime. Also, we're going to be touching on in the top of the second hour, I forgot to mention, uh, stop the insanity. Barbecue pitmasters told to take down the American flag. Uh-oh. What? We'll get into that a little bit. That made foxnews.com. So we'll decipher that a little bit and see what you think. Actually, probably able to ask Mike Davis a little bit about it at 935 since he was at that particular contest. That came on really loud. Ryan Moore coming up out of the break. Folks, Cook Shack's innovative technology for smoker ovens will change the face of barbecue with the release of the new IQ5 digital controller. The IQ5 controller, the newest technology in commercial cooking, smoking, and holding restaurants, food trucks, competition cooks, and backyard chefs alike enjoy sleep with the ability to set a smoker, leave, and come back in the morning with a day's worth of smoked foods. The IQ5 controller allows up to three stages of cooking, including smoke, cook, and hold steps, since pellets produce more heat under 180 degrees Fahrenheit. All three stages are important. The smoke stage adds the smoke flavor. The cook stage gets the food to the required internal temperature, while the hold stage allows the meat to stay hot while sitting in the smoker until food is ready to be served, not letting it get into that danger zone that we always talk about here on the show. Consistency is easier than ever to achieve. The IQ5 controller includes a digital readout, meat probe attachment, up to three stages of cooking options, and a USB port to download and keep track of cooking cycles. With the IQ5 controller, you have the option to download your smoking, cooking, and holding logs to FAT-formatted USB flash drives. The IQ5 controller will maintain 1023 cycles. That is 512 hours of cook time. This controller is standard equipment on a CookShack commercial smoker oven. With a capacity of 100 to 750 pounds, options are available for upgrading your current equipment from the IQ4 to the IQ5 as well. The IQ5 controller has, for the first time in Cookshack history, the ability to program your own preset buttons. Eight preset buttons come programmed with standard meat cuts such as brisket, ribs, and prime rib. However, changing these presets is easy as setting your times and temperatures and pressing the coordinating preset in less than five seconds. Set yourself apart from the competition with this great new feature. For more information on the IQ5 controller or any Cook Shack commercial or competition smoker, give them a call directly, please. 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. You can also visit CookShack.com. That's their website, their web presence. I mean, how great... To set your own presets on the cook shack, push buttons, that's it. You're done. Walk away, do whatever else you need to get done. Bam. That's great stuff. If you love pellets, you love cook shacks, you've been thinking about cook shacks, and more importantly, if you have a barbecue restaurant, you can use a pellet cooker here now. You have the downloadable data for FDA, just like Stuart talked about it when he was on the show a couple weeks ago. All right, Ryan Moore coming up out of the break. Knock your socks off to recap Lake Happy. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Good folks over at CookinPellets.com. Give them a holler if you got those pellet-driven cookers. All right, my first guest tonight was in Lake Havasu this past weekend along with 81 other teams trying to win grand champion. After posting a 704.5 overall score, they walked off with that coveted title and some really nice bragging rights as well. Some cash, too. Let's get a recap from the pitmaster of Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue. First-timer to the show. Help me welcome Ryan Moore to the Barbecue Central Show. Ryan, how are you, Good, yourself? You're doing absolutely fabulous. Man, Ryan, you have a the best phone I have ever heard. Are you on like a landline or something? No, I'm, I'm on Android. You know we're sponsored by Android. My goodness. Well, let me just say this is something spectacular cell phone-wise. I've, it sounds like you're on Skype for crying out loud, so I appreciate that. Oh. Hey, uh, right. Ryan, for the folks that maybe uh, don't know you uh, specifically uh, or they're just kind of getting into the world of competition barbecue or maybe just barbecue and uh, grilling in general maybe a little background about yourself personally and professionally and then we'll get into the barbecue stuff well personally no uh, i used to just me and my wife used to cook and just with friends and just do competitions like you know just amongst ourselves and then we said oh we should take it to the next level and we started looking it up online and then then we saw a competition in California, so we just went and walked. And then after that, then the pit masters came out. Then we said, all right, let's try it out. And then after that, we took it professionally. So would you say that the show Barbecue Pit Masters was a fairly large driving force for you to, to get into it, a little bit more professional? Um, no. I mean, it was just everybody that was at the competition that we went to. And... It, it just seemed like a lot of fun, like a lot of people just having fun and just cooking and hanging out with family and friends, and that's what we wanted to do. What year was that when you decided to go ahead and jump into the circuit? Uh, the year was 2010. We we decided we felt comfortable with our, our cooking, and then we would we would jump into it. So that's when we established, and then 2011 was our first first actual comp all right so you got about four years of uh competition barbecue underneath your belt or so uh, right now you know yes last weekend or this past weekend like have a really big event uh big weekend actually for competition barbecue in general with some of the other big events going on across different sanctioning bodies but 82 teams hit lake havasu this past weekend i guess in an overall sense your take on the event itself and how did the cook go for you and the team in general um, we always, uh, at Havasu, we love, we love Havasu. It's a great, great event. And, um, cause you never know it's, it's usually raining or it's windy. And so it, and now it starts becoming like an even playing field because, but we're from Fontana, so it's, it's windy. So we're used to the wind. And, um, so when it comes to, when it came down to our cook, I thought our cook was, was, really good and I'm, I'm i wouldn't say like 700 but I, w- I was shocked it was 700 but it, it was really good i thought we'd be at least in the top five 
Do you usually find that if you're happy with your cooks, you don't usually get the corresponding scores from the judges like so many other pitmasters? Um, I, I would say the only one would probably be the the ribs sometimes for me because that that one every time I cook on that it I always think it's good but sometimes you know maybe they're a little tough and they still still get like a tenth but I mean when I think they're cooked perfectly you know it could it could go downfall but this this weekend I thought they I thought they were I thought they were uh, really good. Ryan Moore from Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue joining me here talking about the Lake Havasu competition this past weekend. Uh, Ryan, when you look at the individual category scores, you're fifth overall in chicken, so uh, very good there, especially out of the number of teams. You take second in ribs, fifth in pork, fifth in brisket. Uh, It's easy to go say you, you didn't do any worse than a fifth overall, and you took second in the ribs, as I mentioned just a second ago. When it comes to chicken, Ryan, are you a team that because you have, you know, a number of years underneath your belt, you're probably, you know, doing the same kind of processes uh, or at least you found a, a program that you think works right now. Do you taste chicken after you take it off the cooker and look to reseason it or adjust any profiles before you put it in the box and run it out? Um my my wife does. She could handle the hot right off the grill, but I'll wait, you know, and give it like you know, five, 10 minutes and then I'll try it because it's cooled down and I'm hoping that's when the judges are trying it. And, and it, if it still tastes as good as it, as it did off the grill, then we're completely satisfied with it. But I mean, with all our, all our meats and everything, I mean, what it really comes down to is it's, it's just the West coast offense, you know, it's simply marvelous rubs and big papa rubs. That's what really helps us out. You know, I hear it kind of week in and week out from the pitmasters that I'm interviewing here on the show. It's consistency, right, in the cook and the process. Those are the keys to success. Uh, you have three-fifths. You have the second overall. It's really kind of hard to get a little bit more consistent than that during a cook, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, we, we felt that, you know, I actually thought this weekend I thought, like the brisket would be the second and then the ribs would be like, you know, the fifth. But I mean, you just leave it in the hands to the judges. That's all you could do and hope all, all of them like it. So, I mean, yeah, consistency is key and that's what we always focus on. After you get the fifth place brisket call and you've obviously had the, the fifth and pork, second ribs, fifth and chicken, do you have a, a pretty good feeling that you might be topping 81 other teams and walking away with it all? Uh, um, you know, it's in the back of my mind, but it, it's always going to be deja vu for us on that because we had two, we went to Vegas and had two firsts and a tenth, like two firsts and one in ribs, chicken and pork got a tenth and then brisket just tanked. And then, you know, big, big Papa won it. And then, because everybody's all congratulated, and we like don't don't congratulate us. And then when he got that 180 in brisket, you know, I know calcul <laughs> like calculated wise, there's no way that we would lose, but it's still always in the back of our minds. So when you get the call for overall grand champ, 
given the teams that were there, the amount of teams that were there, because, you know, I guess once you get to a certain number, there is a little bit of a crapshoot that you got to factor in regardless. Uh, what kind of a win yeah. is this compared to, to some of the other events that you've been at? Um, yeah, I mean, it's still, we're still on cloud nine. I mean, it, it was, it was just, it was just great. I mean, you know, speechless, you know, I, when I was talking to Stefan from Simply Marvelous and Ray from Porterhouse, we, uh, I told him I had three things to do today before we had turn-ins and everything. I said, I want to win a GC. I want to order everybody pizza and I want to go catch me a striper. But they didn't let me go catch the striper, so I got two out of three. I think there's a song that says two out of three ain't bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Moore joining us here on the show. Knock your socks off barbecue. Uh, recapping the Lake Havasu barbecue event that took place this past weekend. Uh, Ryan, you briefly mentioned in here a couple minutes ago in regards to the uh, profile flavor-wise that you used. You said it's West Coast offense. You know, when you got into it four years ago, you know, how has your flavor profiling changed, if you will, from when you started to, to where you're at now? Um, I'm, I think uh, before we start, when we first started, I think it started a little spicy, and then we try to flip it and make it sweet. Now we just got to even, even balance of everything that goes onto it um, on each meat. And I mean, just that savory flavor, you know, and it seems to be working. I mean, for us. In regards to the West Coast offense, it seems to be working in a lot of different places. Are you, as someone who's seen a lot of, you know, profiles kind of come and go over the last four or five years, are, are you surprised at how much of a stronghold the West Coast offense has taken not only on the West Coast, but uh, across the country? No, not not at all. I mean, it. it I think um, anywhere you go, when you put, you know, the West Coast coast offense on anything, you're going to win. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta be consistent and stay focused and keep on practicing. Do you have a specific West Coast offense that you run? I mean, obviously, when talking with Steph and Sterling here on this show, it's a little bit tongue in cheek. There doesn't seem to be a standard formula on you know which rub to use on which meat. But uh, how do you like to to mix and match them? Uh, well, I mean, I, there's so many options to to choose from. I mean, it it all it, it comes down to the practice and then and what what you feel comfortable with. But I'm, I'm not going to give too many details. But brilliant, I know Bri brilliantly sidestep. Sweet seduction will always be in there, and you know, pepper cow. I mean. Will Louis, all all that will be will definitely be in their money, sweet money, guaranteed and into the ropes. Do you find yourself changing up the the profile at all if you get out of California, you go into Havasu or, or Arizona, I guess, um, or or some of the other different regions, or are you consistent right along the lines, no matter where you're at in the country? Yeah, no, um, we've been we've been pretty much using the same routes for. Same same style for about two and a half years now. Ryan Moore joining us here on the show from Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue. Uh, Ryan, how many events are you guys planning on cooking this season? Uh, probably a, a 
you know, 12 to 20. That's that's our goal. And will you stay mostly on the West Coast, or will you stretch legs out a little bit and, and try and get a little farther east or south or north? Yeah, no, we, we, we plan on going to the the Royal, and then we're going to go to Iowa, probably, probably hit up um, Colorado, and, yeah, and then California. You said you're from uh, Fontana, right? Yeah, Fontana, California. You yeah. uh, you NASCAR guy? You're going to take in the race when it gets down there in a couple weeks? No, I'm not a NASCAR guy, unfortunately. So. <laughs> <laughs> but if you change your mind, let me know. I can get you tickets. Believe it or not, I know that. I know a guy. I know a guy. Um, so, in regards to your next contest, where are you guys going to be cooking at, right? We'll be at uh, Santa Anita uh, racetrack. So it'll be right there in Santa Anita. Or not San Arcadia, California, or something like San Anita, California. Traditionally, at least over the last couple of years, that's another huge event. Uh, it's seen, if I'm, I might be mistaken, but last year I think it was towards a hundred teams. Uh, are you anticipating a similar turnout for that event? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a it's a very large event right here in Southern California or in the West Coast, I should say. And is that uh, is that this coming week? You know, it's uh, March 20, uh, 22nd, 23rd, I right. think it is. We got uh, a couple weeks in time. So in between, uh, do you do a lot of practice cooking, or will you back it off a little bit and, and uh, rest up, or what's the, the game plan going into an event like that? Yeah, usually on the weekdays we'll, we'll do uh, we'll practice chicken, and then on the weekends we'll do, we'll do the bigger meats and practice those. You know, same profile, everything. We don't change anything just to make sure our timing – and we always, and we always cook like it's a competition. So we'll we'll put it on when we put it on, and we'll take it off, wrap it, do everything like like it's a normal competition. What kind of a cooker you guys use on the team? We use a Fire Magic for for our pork, and then we use a, a Backwoods for our brisket and chicken. All right. Well, you've stumped me here. I thought I've heard of every cooker imaginable. I guess I don't know what a Fire Magic cooker is. Yeah, it's a it's a gravity fed smoker. Um, they're made out here in the uh, city of Industry, California, and um, yeah, they they're a port killer. That's I mean, if they haven't heard of them, they should they should grab one. I mean, they're a good product. In regards to the meats, um, are you a team that has also kind of graduated up to the wagyu's and the the specialized pork and the specialized chicken and the and the ribs, or do you kind of stay a little bit more uh, mainstream or, or old school in that regard? Oh yeah, we um, we use. Well, I guess the only thing special, I guess, it would be the Snake Rivers Farms briskets. We use those, but everything else it comes from from restaurant depot and then our our chicken is just you know from sam's club and are you guys uh injectors of uh, butts and briskets yes yeah is, is, is that something you've always done like back in the beginning you start out injecting or is that something that you've kind of worked into over the years yeah well, i mean it, first we started uh making our own injections and then we just went on to you know more commercial based injections it's a lot easier I mean, in the long run, it saves you money. Ryan Moore from Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue joining us here on the show. Uh, Ryan, do you guys 
or have you ever taken barbecue cooking classes? And I guess because you've been in it so long and you've seen some success, do you give barbecue cooking classes as well? Um, no, I, I mean, I've done a few like rib classes, um, uh, for the California barbecue association, you know, just to, for charity. Um, but as far as uh, we did win the Warren County pork choppers class, but we never took it. And, um, but yeah, we've never taken a class. I mean, when you have friends like, you know, simply marvelous left coast Q loot and booty and porterhouse. I mean, you don't really need to take class because we're all family. We help each other out. Uh, Ryan Moore is the pit master of Knock Your Socks Off barbecue team. They won the grand champion at the Lake Havasu Arizona contest this past weekend. Ryan, really appreciate the time tonight and the look back this past weekend. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is. It's Ryan Moore, Knock Your Socks Off. Look at this guy. He's in, he's out, giving me concise answers as an interviewer. You know, you run the fine line, right, of potentially getting a guest that becomes, oh, incredibly enamored with the voice and what they're saying and oversharing, Brian, to the point, succinct, giving good information. Obviously, uh, still very excited about the win. I mean, look, when you get into a contest that has 82 teams in it. I mean, it's not, I guess, as big as, you know, the American Royal Open or this past weekend, Houston Livestock and Rodeo, but 82 teams is huge. So getting the right amount of qualified judges that have experience, and of course you know the table of death or the angel table is going to be brought up when you run into total amount of teams approaching this number up in, you know, near 100 and you're going to be looking at a similar situation when you go a couple weeks to Santa Anita and do that contest as well. So uh, you know you're doing something right when you are coming out on top of 81 other teams and a large portion of those very heavy hitters. Congratulations, by the way, to Big Papa Smoker Sterling Ball on the reserve in Havasu. Good cook. 180 perfect brisket for Sterling Ball, by the way. If you're wondering, I bet he uses West Coast offense too, right? It's a guess. It's a guess. All right, uh, coming up out of the break, we'll be talking with Mike Davis of Laudable Barbecue, recapping the Sam's Club. So we'll go from west to kind of southeast to uh, Daphne, Alabama. So stay tuned for Mike Davis of Laudable Barbecue. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Suckle Busters, award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, chili kits, and Texas gunpowder. Suckle Busters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100%, made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago, if you can believe it. Won hundreds of industry awards, including two first place, the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest, the World Series of Barbecue Competitions, two years in a row. Used by backyarders like me and competition barbecue cooks like you across the country. How about some of the top-selling products? You got it. Original barbecue sauce. The original. Literally hundreds of industry awards. Honey barbecue sauce. Used as finishing glaze by many competition cooks. Hog Waller Rub. Number one seller of rub. Perfect on competition pork and ribs. You have the competition barbecue rub. A traditional style. Very mild and savory. Excellent on beef. 
You have the Clucker Duster Barbecue Rub, Sweet Heat, Chipotle Chicken Rub. New products for 2015. Glad you asked. Wild Fang Wild Game Rub, Black Pepper Based Rub, also great on ribs. You got to try that. The SPG Premium Blend of Salt, Pepper, and Garlic. Bam Habanero Barbecue Rub, Super Hot, Super Sweet. Now, you might be asking yourself, you've given me the top-selling products. You've given me the new products for 2015. But where can I get Suckle Busters? How about available at over 300 retailers nationwide? Check your local barbecue shop. Retail locator on the Suckle Busters website. Check that out. Order online at SuckleBusters.com. Check out a little website called Amazon.com, by the way. You can call them at 972 393 9509. That's 972-393-9509. You can email them at sales, plural, sales at sucklebusters.com. Check out their Facebook fan page, Sucklebusters, or visit their online message forum, the Texas BBQ Forum.com. Spell it out. Check them out and see why Dan Arnold and the folks over at Sucklebusters means busting with flavor. Sucklebusters.com. All right, we're back with Mike Davis of Laudable Barbecue. Thanks again to Ryan Moore of Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue for recapping the Lake Havasu event this past weekend in Arizona. Congratulations to him again on the GC and the Sterling Mall for the Reserve Props Sterling. The darling of the barbecue community. And uh, we're back with Mike Davis right after. Stick around be right back. to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. My next guest has been doing the competition barbecue thing for as long as this show has been around, and then some. They've traveled far and wide, done a lot of winning in the process. Put in perspective, they currently have hauled in 91 grand championships, 62 reserves, and they have multiple grand champions at the American Royal, both invite and open. They were also Kansas City Barbecue Society Team of the Year in 2006. You see him on this show every once in a while. Let's go ahead and race back to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, pitmaster of Laudable Barbecue, Mike Davis. Joining us here on the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I dialed the wrong number. I sure did that. I sure did that. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'll get him. Don't worry, I'll get him. <laughs> I know. Right? Oh, no! We suck again! What I meant to say was, let's head to the hotline 
and welcome back pitmaster of Lotta Bowl Barbecue, Mike Davis, to the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you asking. Sorry, I dialed the wrong phone number before I called you. Jeez. Had the big buildup and everything, named off all the awards, and then I go to crickets. But nevertheless, we got you back on the line. Mike, long time uh, since we've uh, chatted up the barbecue situation with you and Lotta Bull. Um, you know, how, how are you for crying out loud? Oh, we're doing good. We uh, uh, Last year we had a few setbacks, you know, uh, some family issues that taxed us mentally, physically, spiritually, every way you could. But we got all that behind us. Uh, we got a new year started. Everything looks great. So you're at the Sam's Club event in uh, Daphne, Alabama this past weekend. And, of course, uh, top six move on to the regional finals. I guess if right. you could, you know, recap the event for us. We had uh, last week's re- um, uh, local on. Uh, now we're second, two weeks in now to this 2015 Sam's Club series. Uh, so I guess how was the cook in, in your estimation, and, and how did you find the event overall? Oh, I, I think the, the events that Sam's has just keep getting better and better, and I think that everybody gets more comfortable with them. Uh, Michael McDermott uh, did a great job organizing the event, Uh very clear and precise on what goes on, what doesn't go on, uh, you know, and, and, uh, the, the judging was, uh, we thought we, we actually thought we turned in some pretty poor product that scored well. And we were of course happy with that, but, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things to get started in the first, the first of the year, get your first one under your belt. But, uh, all in all, I think the Sam's event at Daphne was, was very well run, very well organized. Uh, uh, I know some judges came a long way to uh, to judge, and I think some of the scores uh, reflected that. Um, I think they get a little more in tune with what we're doing instead of – I'm not going to the judge bashing thing, you know, because I think they spend as much money sometimes getting these contests as we do. So um, making it happen, we couldn't do it without them. They couldn't do it without us, and I think it's it's all coming together. Mike Davis joining us here, pitmaster of Laudable Barbecue Team. Mike, when you look at the individual results this past weekend, uh, chicken uh, 21st, uh, you said you kind of <laughs> turned in some poor product, but I can't imagine you thought you had 21st place chicken. Uh, something out of well, the ordinary go on with that, or just judges, or what? No, you know, that that's exactly the same chicken we turned in when we finished the year last year. Uh, and got a first place with it. So I, I, I don't know what happened with that. Uh, David said it was a little bit hot, but, you know, it was hot when it won a first, so I thought it was still good. So uh, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I think we got the personal preference. You know, the the texture of the meat, the appearance, everything was good. Uh, uh, the moisture was there. It was just a little warm, and I, I guess maybe they didn't like it that way. You know, I just had Ryan Moron, who won the Lake Havasu competition this past weekend out there in Arizona, and asked him, uh, right. I want to ask you too, uh, when it comes to chicken, and look, and you've been doing it much longer than Ryan has and, and a lot of other pitmasters out there, do you have the program down to the point where you don't taste after it comes off and you have everything ready to, to run out to the table, or do you still taste and, and make adjustments on the fly if needed? Well, see, I, I never taste it. Never. Uh, <laughs> my official taster is Debbie, you know, so whatever she says goes, but, uh, uh she still takes that, um, uh, that bite of everything before, right before we turn it in. Uh, but you know, to, to tweak it at that point, uh, we feel like we're just going to mess it up. Uh, 
we do it for our own self. We know whether it's a good product, whether it's a bad product. Um, we we don't, and I say we don't. We hardly ever ever change anything right last second. The other three. We've been doing it. Yeah, I I'm mean, sorry. no, I was going to say you've been doing it for so long. It's probably uh, probably no reason to change at this point, right? Right. Exactly. The other three categories you do uh, very well in. You get the fifth overall in ribs, seventh in pork, uh, ninth in brisket. So three calls. I imagine they're calling uh, top ten overall. Were you yes. worried as they're getting into the overall because you don't hear chicken call? Are, are you worried where the chicken came in as it relates to making that top six to move on? Well, you know, I, I really didn't think about it at that point. You know, when you got a five, seven, nine, you know, that, that – Chicken, it could have been 11. It could have been 30. Uh, we, I had just counted us out at that point uh, to not, not move on. Had you not, had you got seventh or below, would that have been a bigger disappointment because of the other three categories or, you know, regardless, it's it's a punch in the gut? No, no, no. I, I, uh, I was prepared to accept that and go right on to the next one this weekend. Mike Davis from Lotta Bull Barbecue joining us here on the show. Uh, Mike, I've asked a number of teams that do the first two rounds of Sam's what the mindset is going into one of these things. You need to get top six to move on in a local, top ten to move on in a regional to go to the finals in Bentonville. Do you come into it with, I want to get within the range in order to move on, or is it, hey, I'm coming in to grand champion this SOB and that's all I'm really looking to do? Well, we we always go into the, with the mindset of just to do the best we can. Uh, we never swing in for the fences. Uh, uh, we're we're just trying to hit uh, some little bloopers out there somewhere, so to speak. But uh, if we can keep a consistent product, and we thought that's where we were this weekend, um, just kind of kind of just enough to get in there. You know, if we get lucky, we get a reserve or a grand. That's great. But if we can make the cutoff, that's even better. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we decided early on this year was to put the fun back into these cook-offs because it's getting so commercialized and so uh, much money involved that you just you, you find yourself getting lost in it. Um, and you, you scramble trying to pick things up and forget what I did and what I do now. And uh, for us this year, it's about putting the fun back in the barbecue again. Mike, do you think that these corporate sponsored series like Sam's has the potential to grow with other companies, or is this kind of a, a pretty night, a pretty tight niche, and there isn't going to be a lot of expansion in that regard? I I think the the opportunity is there if you can just get the others to see the benefit from it. Um, I, I think Sam's has really stepped out. Uh, and, uh, and made the investment to get everybody into this thing. And uh, I, I think there's there's a lots of opportunity out there if we could just get them talked into it. I'm not the guy to get them talked in, but somebody out there can make this happen. Mike, let me ask you a question. You know, you got into this deal in 1999. You've seen a lot of folks come and go. You've seen a lot of changes in process and meats and cookers. You name it, you've seen it. When you look back at when you first started with Debbie getting into the competition barbecue scene, what are some of the biggest changes or even surprises, in your opinion, that you've seen in the sport of barbecue over the years? Well, without a doubt, it has to be the the, uh, the prize money and how much money is involved now. You know, when when we actually started doing it, you know, of course, gasoline fuel prices were down cheaper, 
uh, meat costs were down. Everything has just skyrocketed so much that, you know, where you were paying, you could go and, and buy a, a choice or a prime brisket for $2.70 a pound, you know, and that was top of the line. And then the, the Wagyu come out, and, you know, it went to, you know, three eighty four dollars a pound, and now you're up with freight. You're up to $10 a pound to get a brisket now. So that that's what surprised me more than anything is the amount of cost that's involved in this thing. Um, it's just astronomical anymore. You know, people say, you know, they figure it costs you $1,000 a weekend to do that. That's probably on the cheap side. You know, um, it, it's not uncommon for me to spend, depending on where we go, uh, $600, $700 a weekend just in fuel alone. And that's before entry fees, meat, seasonings, all that. That's before entry fees. That's before meat. That's before I wow. go to the grocery store buy anything. You're already in six to seven hundred bucks. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Do Do you think that because of this rise in popularity of of all these specialized meats, the the comp parts, the wagus, uh, the the free range, no steroid chicken raised on alfalfa and all this other stuff. Have have the pitmasters become so specialized that they've they've kind of driven cost up for themselves, and now there's other folks that want to get into it that are almost trapped in, in trying to to keep up with the Joneses, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I do see a lot of that. I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, now I will have to give props to the people that raise the wagyu beef. The, the screw branches, the Snake River Farms, you know, and there's and there's several more out there, not to exclude anyone. Uh, the same way with the uh, Jim Compart and Compart Family Farms um, up in uh, Minnesota. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a superior product. Uh, it, it costs more money, but I think it's well worth the money. You can cook side by side with commodity uh, type pork, and there's just no comparison. That doesn't mean that the commodity pork won't beat you on any given day. But I still think if you're going to put that much money into it, you've got to go for it and get the best product that you can to put in the box. Mike Davis, a lot of Bull Barbecue, joining us here on the show. Uh, Mike, you, you uh, still doing cooking classes and so forth? We actually had retired uh, from doing the cooking classes. We did one two weeks ago with Malcolm Reed of Keller Hogs uh, over in Memphis. and had a great time. Uh, they're great folks to be around, and uh, we kind of shigged off each other while we were doing the classes because we had never done one together. We've been friends a long time, but we've never done a class together, and it was great having them to, uh, the ability to see what each other does. So, but yeah, we still we still would do one every now and then. Uh, they're just not planned out like they used to be. So, Mike, let me ask you something. I've seen over the years you've been. Uh... Getting it seems like a, almost a new smoker every year that you're taking out onto the <laughs> onto the circuit, and you got another new one this year. Um, yeah. Like, what's the what's the process for you on these things? I would imagine that once you you get to know one, it would be kind of like a you know something you don't want to get rid of. But uh, are, are you putting in a lot of your own suggestions and and uh, uh, architecture and this kind of stuff, or are people just asking you, hey, you know, we want to we give you one and, and troll it around and see what you think for a year? Or how does that whole thing work out? Well, I'll, let me kind of condense that for you just a little bit. We yep. had one we used last year uh, for the biggest part of the year, and it was um, a knockoff of another pit, and uh, another guy had built it. And I really liked the fit, but he put some of his own design into the airflow design on it. Um, and 
after that, I was approached by a couple of guys in Knoxville, Tennessee, to start building pits, to start a company. Well, this was a chance to form a partnership, not a sponsorship, but a partnership in building them. Uh, and we took uh, the last 20 years' worth of building and cooking on pits and integrated into one pit, uh, which is now called Champion Smokers. Uh, and that's championsmokersandgrills.com. But um, it's it's a, it's a different kind of animal. Uh, I, I wish I could explain to you all the differences, in it, but we don't have time to do that. But uh, a lot of the last 20 years of my cooking um, has gone in uh, to do the design of this pit. And if all goes well, this will be the last pit that I ever cook on. Well, we can always have you back on for another segment, and we can talk about uh, the the ins and outs of uh, the Champion Smokers by uh, Mike Davis for sure. Uh, Mike, we can certainly do that. Absolutely. Uh, where are you guys going to be cooking at next? We're at uh, Smoking on the Square in Pensacola, Florida, this weekend. All right. So uh, back to back competitions for uh, yes, Mike and Debbie Davis, of course. Uh, Mike Davis is the right. pitmaster of Laudable Barbecue. Moving on to the Regional final in the Sam's Club National Barbecue Series in South Haven, Mississippi in September. So a little space there uh, between now and then, but you can catch him out on the uh, barbecue trail. Mike, always great to catch up with you, man. Let's do it again sooner than later. Sounds good. Always good to talk to you, Greg. All right. There he is, Mike Davis, Laudable Barbecue. Look, if you don't know, it's like sometimes I'm amazed. I, I never know how history is chased by folks within the industry if you don't know who mike davis is and you don't know his accomplishments and how he has helped develop the sport and increase popularity of the sport you should take a few minutes on the interwebs and uh, check out his website laudablebbq.com he's got his own line of rubs and sauces and stuff like that but what he has been able to rack up in the form of trophies and grand championships and sponsorships and, again, kind of blazing a trail that others probably can thank him part and parcel for in, in getting some of their own scholarship uh, sponsorships and, and deals with meat makers and purveyors and so forth. Uh, Mike had a very large hand in pressing that out to everybody else there on the competition circuit. So great to catch up with him, and we'll have him back on, as I said, sooner than later, talk about champion smokers and grills. That website, by the way, if you want to check it out, championsmokersandgrills.com. All right, folks, public service announcement from my barbecue brother, Franco of Stephen Franco Jewelers. That's right. Just this past weekend, I was in-house. He has these rings. Uh, It's called the Rebecca Rings. My wife happens to be Rebecca, so you know she's going to like it. Not overly expensive. Got a great Barbecue Brother price. So good, I got two rings. Not one, but two. You can do the same thing if you call them, 440-943-2700. After you have visited the website, stephendefranco.com. After you find what you like, give them a call. Ask for Steve. And he will help you pick out exactly what you need, exactly what you want. You're going to love it. You're going to save a lot of money. You're not going to be dealing with people just looking to line their pockets because they got overhead to cover. You're dealing with some sales slappy who's got a terrible suit off the rack at JCPenney. Not that there's anything wrong with JCPenney suits. He's just not wearing it right. 
And he's trying to talk you up into stuff you don't need. Steve's not into that. I mean, he wants you to get what you want. Stay within the budget that you're looking for because he wants you to come back again maybe in two or three or four months or five months or whatever. And then years later, maybe tell your kids about Stephen DeFranco Jr. StephenDeFranco.com. 440-943-2700. I get all my stuff from you. Love Steve. All right, we are back to wrap up the first hour. Maybe a, a few parting thoughts on the last two interview segments, and then we'll uh, press to the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back to one six two two zero zero nine six six. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, love to have you. Thanks again to Mike Davis from Lotable Barbecue. LotableBBQ.com. Am I getting a little choppy? Uh, Ryan Moore joined me in the first interview segment at 914 if you missed him don't sweat it we got a podcast thing going on here that's right you can subscribe to the show through itunes you can hear ryan's full interview likewise if you've just tuned into the show you're getting the tail end of the first hour i mean you're locked and loaded for the second hour feel good about that absolutely but maybe you're a little bummed out because you meant to tune in for Mike Davis from Laudable, but you missed it because you were too busy cutting the grass because it's hot out where you live. Well, forget it. You can get it on the replay. It'll be up in about two hours from now. And then the video will follow tomorrow, later morning, let's say. Like that. If you have wanted to check out what's happening with Mike Davis... The best place to go, his website, Lottable, L-O-T-T-A, LottableBBQ.com. You can check out what he has to offer there. Any cooking classes that he might have coming up, although he said they're a little bit more sparse, not as regimented. He's got uh, rubs and sauces there that you can buy. If you're looking to sponsor a team, that's one that you can get behind as well. Send him a message. I'm sure he'll go ahead and uh, get back in touch with you. And then, like I said, I will have him back on here after a little bit and talk about the champion smokers and grills big weekend this past in the world of competition barbecue we're going to be talking about that at the top of the second hour we'll get you caught up where the kcbs top 10 is or the top five sorry for team of the year we will talk and get caught up with the florida barbecue association team of the year status 
We'll give you the overall recap of the Sam's Club out of Daphne, Alabama. We'll also talk about Stop the Insanity. Barbecue pitmasters told to take down American flags. Uh-oh. What? Oh, my. It can't be. We'll talk about it. All right. I am going to step away and refresh a libation. I would suggest that you do the same, and then we'll be locked and loaded for the second hour. I am Greg Rempe. I am your host. You are watching and listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. We'll be back in two minutes. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dominion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. Oh listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We do this show each and every Tuesday from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Yeah. TheBBQCentralShow.com is the website. 216-220-0966 is the phone number. Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com is the email address. Those are the ways you can get in contact with the show tonight in any form. 
that you see fit. John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue weighing in a, a better Suckle Busters tagline just for Barbecue Central. Suckle Busters busting with succulent flavor. Yeah. Not bad, John. Jason King sent me pictures because I said, hey, who's grilling out there for crying out loud in uh, in the cold weather? He's like, yeah, me, I am. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Wow, look at that. That, my friends, is suck you lunch. Let me show you the next one if I blow that up. Oh, my Lord. Look at this thing. It's like a steak bacon burger. Look at that. Oh, crispy bacon on top. Looks like there might be bacon on the bottom. You got beef right here. Is that, is there mushrooms on it? Onions? I don't like onions. Get that big stuff out of here. I don't. I've just never been a fan of onions. And I want to like onions, I really do, but unless they are heartily griddled and browned and only if they're Vidalia will I start to partake in those, but never a raw onion, never a raw onion, ever, never, ever, gross. All right. What? Oh, no. There we go. Still to come on the show tonight, Doug Scheiding from Rogue Cookers and Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's to talk about the Houston Livestock and Rodeo and the Associated Barbecue Cook-Off. The 2015 Sam's Club Series, as we know, rolled into Daphne, Alabama this past weekend. This was a local qualifier sending the top six teams to the regional final that will take place at South Haven, Mississippi on September 9th. Those six teams moving on are as follows. Winner, grand champion, the most winningest man in barbecue history. Myron Mixon and Jack's Old South comes out with the Grand Championship. 693.63. I don't even know if a close second even begins to talk about how close this was. This is almost like 1A and 1B. But reserve champ nonetheless, Red Eye Smokers. Congratulations. So once again, Jack's Old South wins it with a 693.63. Red Eye Smokers takes 693.61. Two one hundredths of a point. Whoa! That's two decimal places taken out to get a winner. Hewan, Stewan, and Bruin takes third. Smoke on this takes fourth. The Blue Bloods is fifth, and of course we know Rounding out the top six and moving on to South Haven, Mississippi, Mike Davis and Debbie Davis Laudable Barbecue. Uh, the span of points between winning and sixth place, eh, six points, 6.3 points. Five, yeah, yeah, roundabout. So that's fun. That's exciting. 
Uh, team of the year standings, and unfortunately, FBA not too diligent on the updates. Sorry. At last count, Hot Wachulas, number one, Sweet Smoke Q, number two, Blitzkrieg Barbecue, number three, Big Papa Country's Kitchen, number four, Cedar Creek Barbecue, number five. If those are inaccurate, don't blame me. I'm only telling you what they're telling me. KCBS top five team of the year currently sitting atop the KCBS team of the year leaderboard on March 3rd. They won the Sam's Club local Jack's Old South at 565 points. An IPC team currently sitting in second place, Rub Bagby Swamp Boys Barbecue. Travis Clark is in third place with the Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Hickory Pram is fourth. And Matt Barber and Hot Wachulas is still uh, dueling in both of Team of the Year races, sitting atop FBA and top five for KCBS Team of the Year. But, of course, we have a long, long road to go. And given the fact that most KCBS contests are not near Florida, it's going to be tough for Matt to probably hold on and, and finish top five. But, boy, that would be uh, some sort. I would still love him to, to win both, if at all possible. But, as we know, a Florida Barbecue Association does require that you cook a lot and uh, don't take the average of, of 10 or your 10 best or, you know, however KCBS does. So, that makes it a little more difficult. Maybe if he had uh, billions and had a couple private jets, he could go ahead and, and possibly get it done, but... I mean, who's got that kind of cash? So I don't know if anybody saw this. This was posted on my website or my Facebook page a little bit earlier this evening. This is from foxnews.com, so a reputable news outlet by Todd Starnes. This was published today. Stop the insanity is the headline. Barbecue pitmasters told to take down American flags. Not barbecue pitmasters, the show, but uh, barbecue cooks told to take down American flags. And it goes on to say, nothing says America quite like smoking a pork butt and flying old glory. The sport of professional barbecue is extremely American and family oriented, uh, oriented said Pitmaster Jeff, I am not going to get your name right, and that's for sure. So you can imagine Jeff's extreme displeasure when organizers of an Alabama barbecue competition ordered him, along with other competitors, to take down the American flag hanging from their barbecue trailers. It happened this past weekend at the Sam's Club National Barbecue Competition in Daphne, Alabama, sponsored by the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Jeff is the founder of Give It to God Competition Barbecue Team, a professional a barbecue team that smokes meat and shares the love of Jesus. Both are noble missions. Last Friday, Jeff rolled into town with his barbecue trailer and promptly hoisted Old Glory. Not too long after, one of the organizers of the event told Jeff to take the flag down. There were six or eight of us that had flags flying, Jeff said. He went to each camp, told them to take the flag down. The first rule of barbecue was low and slow, but the temperature started rising after Jeff uh, complied with the directive 
The whole time I'm thinking, the reason I fly the flag is because I love America. He said. I love what it stands for. It's a way to say our current and former troops, thank you. So Jeff had a change of heart and decided to raise Old Glory as an act of defiance. It was a matter of saying there are things more important than a barbecue competition. If they want to kick me out, I'll leave. Jeff was not kicked out, and he was not asked to take the flag down. As a matter of fact, after he re-raised the flag, another competitor, uh, another competitor followed suit. So why were the patriotic pitmasters told to take down the flags? Jeff said that they were told by event organizers that flags validated a city ordinance in Daphne, but that allegedly turned out to be false. No one from the city advised or asked anyone to take any flags down of any type. Mayor Dan Haygood told me, we're proudly and boldly displaying American flags, and we encourage everyone in the community to do the same. It turns out the order to remove the flags came from the tour director of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. As a measure of precaution, we asked everyone to take down any kind of sign, any kind of flag that were being displayed, spokesman Mike McLeod told me. It turned out that some of those happened to be American flags. Several years ago, Mike McLeod said there had been a similar issue with Daphne and that there was some official request made to take them down. If you want to read more about that, you can check it out at foxnews.com. McLeod said after they further investigated the local ordinance, they eventually told the pitmasters they could fly their flags. So they investigated a local ordinance even through the city maintains. There is no local ordinance being uh, banning the flying of American flags. Who's flying American flags at the barbecue competitions? You go right ahead. This show is allowing it. Folks, if you didn't know, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop shop online for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring the number one dealer of Mac Pella grills in the world, Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, Gateway Drum Smoker, and even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting award-winning lines of championship rubs. From sweet money to happy ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal, the World Series of Barbecue, 2012 and 14 Jack Daniels Invitational, 2013 Kings for Challenge, 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, Reserve Grand at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo this year. 2014 King of the Smoke. Don't think BPS can be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known, they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. Four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu. Amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa's is also banded together with fellow, fellow California-based barbecue rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become the West Coast offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competition cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farm shipped to your front door. From American Kobe beef, caribou to pork, double R ranch meats, Big Papa Smoker's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado, and they're committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market. They've recently added Granny's Barbecue Sauce, Swamp Boy Sauce, a fine swine sauce. These are the hot new sauces considered to be the new kids on the block this season. BPS also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. 
Keep in mind, Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this in only the five years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. The website, of course, BigPapaSmokers.com. And we are back with Doug Scheiding right after this. Talk a little Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Folks, as I said, this past weekend, a rather large barbecue contest took place in Houston, Texas. One of the many look to enter and win during the course of a competition career. My next guest tonight won it this past weekend and has the belt buckled to prove it. Here to recap the event, the win, the pitmaster of Rogue Cookers, Doug Shiding, joining me here on the show. Doug, how are you, I'm doing fine, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Doug. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. I know I kind of caught you on the road, and uh, you might be pulled over for safety reasons, so I appreciate you uh, carving out some time to talk about this past weekend and the Texas Livestock and Rodeo uh, Barbecue Cook-Off. Doug, before we get into that, uh, maybe a little background about yourself and how you got into the competition barbecue world. Well, actually, I might lose a few points on my man card, but uh, I watched the Food Network show, and I like the chef uh, Aaron McCargo, and he had a recipe with uh, using coke and uh, uh, to break down his ribs, and so I uh, that got me interested in in actually cooking because my motto used to be before I got into barbecue, uh, if it took longer to to make than eat, it wasn't worth the time, and uh, <laughs> obviously I've gone all the other way. So got into uh, kind of cooking that way, and one of my neighbors asked me to cook a charity event, and uh, saw a barbecue show on TV happen through that weekend and decided to, to go ahead and try try uh, try this competition barbecue thing out. Uh, Doug, you said when we were kind of corresponding back and forth, uh, I don't know if you were with another team uh, before or not, but you went off your own uh, about a year and a half ago and formed Rogue Cookers. Uh, of course, I'm always endlessly fascinated by team names. How did you did you come up with that one? Was there a huge argument and you decided to go rogue on your own and that's where it is, or is it not necessarily as as cool as that? Well, it's it's kind of that way. Uh, I cooked with uh, <laughs> Flameworthy Barbecue and Clint Swindoll was my partner, and we're both uh, type A personalities. We we cooked for about four years together, and uh, I'm actually an engineer by by education and uh, and and job for about twenty years, and you know we always like to improve things, and so I was always. Uh, tweaking things or, uh, as he said, uh, making rogue decisions. And so I uh, decided to, to break off and uh, and go on my own. And my wife said, well, that's your team name, Rogue Cookers. Well, I like that story even better than the one that I said for crying out loud. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. great. Rarely do they have such great uh, backstories, but this one lives up to it for sure. Uh, so do you guys kind of look to match up against each other uh, weekend in, weekend out, or is it still kind of, you know, friendly rivalry, or how does that work out? Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty friendly, but, uh, yeah, we're always we're always doing, you know, rooting for each other and, uh, you know, hoping the other one does well. So, 
um, we we see each other on several competitions each each year. Doug Scheiding joining me here on the show, uh, pitmaster of Rogue Cookers. Uh, Doug, if you could, as we kind of transition over to the recap of the the event this past weekend, sure. you know, for the folks that don't know, I mean, obviously, you know, if you listen to the show, there is a little bit of a lot of bit of KCBS stuff and Florida Barbecue Association. We get a little MBN stuff here and there. Very small amount of IBCA. What's the Houston Livestock and Rodeo event like? How does the barbecue event fit into this whole thing? And kind of give us the, the format of how it scored to get an overall champion. Okay, sure. Yeah, actually, I think the, uh, and I maybe I'm mistaken on this, it's a not a sanctioned event. So yeah. it's not run like typical Texas uh, barbecue cook-offs, whether it's, and, and that's part of the issue with Texas is we've got so many organizations that have kind of splintered off. We've got IBCA and Texas Gulf Coast and Lone Star Barbecue Society. But uh, it, it's a unique competition because typically in Texas, you have, uh, uh, you know, chicken ribs and brisket, and you get points for finishing only in the top 10. And if you finish 11th through 100, you don't get any points, and that just doesn't count. So the Houston Rodeo, what they do is they have so many entries, it's like 412 this year, so it was the largest ever. You have to pick a category, chicken, ribs, or brisket, unless you're like a champion like Darren was from the Jack. You get to pick all three. But um, So I actually chose... Uh, chicken this year, and what they do is they have a first turn in, and they only have a single round, kind of like the KCBS scoring, where it's you're judged on that that single uh, table, and they pick the top eight from each category: chicken, ribs, and brisket. And so this year there were only 92 chicken entries, so we finished in the in the top eight, obviously, and uh, there were another eight rib, and then another eight brisket and so then they have a second turn in which you actually have to kind of cook for in anticipation of making the finals and then those from those 24 they have another round of judging and it starts over and then they rank those 24 um within each category but then overall competing against each other wow it's uh sounds incredibly intense so for for everybody that is so you, a you have to pick one meat, and that's the one you're 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 going with. You're bringing to the dance, and then yeah. you're, you're going to cook it twice, and you turn it in the first time, and then everybody out of those 412 teams starts cooking again in hopes that they get the call as they're cooking. What about all those other teams that got to shut it down after they've been told they haven't made the final? That's kind of a kick in the balls, isn't it? it exactly. That that happened <laughs> to me last year. We got uh, we were 16th in brisket, so obviously we didn't make the the top eight, and and truthfully, this year I thought I thought we didn't make the finals uh, again because uh, the a first turn in was at two thirty for me, and then they had said that my second turn in was going to be at four thirty. Well, at the Houston Rodeo, and I like this, they actually tagged the meat, so I I only had two chickens, and I, so I told them, okay, I'll I'll cook one at at, at two thirty, and then I'll I'll have the ex, the next one done at four thirty. And she goes, well, what if you mess it up? I say, oh, I won't mess it up. It'll be okay. And so I cooked my second chicken, and other people I know had been, you know, they can't come by with cowbells and, you know, 15 people, and they, they say you made the finals. And so 420, 430 came by. My chicken was ready. And 440, I was like, okay, we didn't make the finals. I was pretty dejected. And uh, I was actually, 
also cooking for the party or buffet that night. So I was cooking for about 150 people. So I was pretty busy. So luckily I didn't cut into the second chicken. And I decided, well, I'll just kind of wrap it up and put it in a, in a hot box and just keep it for a while. And so I was slicing brisket for the buffet. And at 5 o'clock they came and said, you made the finals. And I'm like, what? you got to be kidding me. You were supposed to be here. They said, no, you made the finals. You've got uh, three minutes to get your turn in. in. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So three of us uh, pulled out my chicken, and we actually nicked one of the one of the thighs. And so we, we wound up turning uh, half of, of one half and then half uh, the breast of the other one. And then we ran ran to turn it in, and so we actually just barely made it. So with a little bit of luck, because normally you'd kind of cut into the chicken to see how it tasted. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess I... It's not a requirement to have an, an attached half chicken turn in. You can separate. Uh, you have to separate with the judge there. So what uh, I did is, in your fa- one of your favorite words, I spatchcocked my chicken. Thank and, you. you know, the, thank yeah, you very exactly. much. And and, uh, and and you can't turn in the wing because I had the wing um, with the, with the metal clip. And so I just turned in the other breast and the and the thigh and the leg from the from uh, the one with, that was that was marked. But you you have to cut in front of the judge. They have to see you cut that piece of meat. My burning question is: uh, You have ribs, you have brisket to go up against, and, and chicken wins the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. So what goes into winning on top of four hundred plus other teams in your chicken recipe? Well, to, to your credit, I actually use a rub that I learned about. I'm an avid podcast listener of your show for four or five years, and so I use a rub that uh, I learned about in your show. And then uh, uh, I use, you know, uh, Craig Sherry of Texas Pepper Jelly. I use his barbecue sauce as part of my glaze, and uh, I trust my butcher. Absolutely. Um, I trust him, too, Sponsor by the way. Sponsor the show, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um are you, you know, when I talk with the, the folks at, at Memphis Barbecue when they do the Memphis and May and Whole Hog wins it, I'm, you know, I'm always like, well, yeah, I mean, of course Whole Hog wins it. It seems like it's way more painstaking and, and more difficult to do than ribs or uh, shoulder. But then when a shoulder or ribs wins it, I'm like, man, I mean, those must have been so good to get over the top of whole hog, and uh, it's a long way to go here. I apologize, Doug. But when chicken beats, you know, ribs or, for Texas's sake, brisket at a uh, Texas Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue event, does that just go to show how good your chicken was? Well, I can't necessarily take all the credit for that, but um, yeah, going back, you know, you'd think Houston – livestock and rodeo show that uh you know brisket is king down here and brisket would win etc but um um in actuality uh, i believe the top three finishers this year and and darren worth uh, who you're going to talk to i believe he cooked chicken um tuffy cooked chicken um but the top three places uh were chicken wow. and now three out of the last four years chicken has won believe it or not <laughs> and two years ago when ribs won that was across the track uh uh, cooking team. Um, I wasn't the cook back then, but they actually won two years ago with a different cook. 
All right, so that was going to be my next question. Uh, Doug Scheiding joining us here on the show. He's the pitmaster of row cookers, but you mentioned Across the Tracks barbecue team, and that's the team that you actually cooked for this past weekend, and you've, you've done some other, uh, I guess, uh, hired gun work for them uh, at Jack Daniels last year. So how does that relationship come to be? They, they know you're a good cook and, and they're not cooks, or they know you're a better cook than them, or what's that whole dynamic like? Well, uh, you know, you know, Houston, I think you had someone from the American Royal that, you know, said, you know, the Royal and Houston are the, you know, the two biggest parties. And my, uh, my wife calls uh, the Houston rodeo kind of rodeo draw because it, it, it's a big party. And, you know, the, there's also a competition that happens to be, happens to be with it. So, uh, uh, it's, you know, it, it it's just a, a fun event to cook with. Uh, I actually met Terry because when he won, Terry Fellows, who's the team captain, He's basically the manager of the whole party and the buffet and selling tickets because it costs like $50 a head to get in the tent for the buffet and, wow. and, and the drinks. And uh, so he's, he's more of the team captain, team manager, and, and organizes that whole thing. When they won two years ago, Houston has a reciprocity with the Jack and American Royal and also the San Antonio Rodeo. So he happened to be set up beside us because, you know, the Houston, you only turn in one. He had only cooked that event and then never cooked an event where you turn in chicken, ribs, and brisket. So he came over just to kind of check it out, and he was in the space next to us. Literally has a has a you know card table, folding chair, and a and a cooler, and he's there just to kind of check it out. And so what I did is I just started feeding him food, and uh, you know just just to be nice, and you know because he was there by himself. And uh, lo and behold, we we kind of started talking and. Uh, that year, I was lucky enough to get uh, second place brisket at the San Antonio Rodeo and 16th Chicken, and wound up finishing uh, uh, fourth place overall. And so he he knew I could kind of cook. And and uh, when when his team split up and and uh, he didn't have a cook, he actually called me on the Monday of the weekend before the Jack Daniels and said, "Hey Doug, this is Kerry. I've uh, got a favor to ask you." And, uh, wanted to know if he cooked the Jack Daniels for me, and I said, "Well, when is it?" And he goes, "This weekend." I said, <laughs> "This weekend." And uh, so it was. Uh, I picked him up on Thursday, and it was 80 hours of just crazy, intense fun, and uh, one of the best things I've ever done. It was actually so. From there, we we uh, we had quite of a quite a trip to the Jack. People actually thought because back then I was cooking on. Uh, UDSs are ugly drum smokers, and people uh, came up to us thinking we were we were in the backyard part of the cook and not, <laughs> not the invitational. <laughs> How did you guys finish up with the Jack that year? We we finished up about fiftieth or so that year, and uh, but uh, one of the things I learned, you know, in Texas, we're all about you know the big cooks. And uh, when I was with my partner, we used to cook on a gator uh, gator pit, yep. and uh, so we're all about the wood. The wood burners, but uh, at the Jack, there were so many pellet cookers, and uh, I have a, a trailer that's a portable kitchen that I built out, and so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to give these uh, the, these pellet cookers a try, and so I started using that uh, about a little over a year ago, and uh, uh, and as Darren, uh, when I told Darren what what I cooked on, he's, he, he goes, uh, maybe I should think about giving up competition barbecue if I got beat by a pellet cooker. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Shiding joining us here on the show, pitmaster of rogue cookers uh, and uh, cooking for Across the Tracks barbecue team. 
when you do the uh, the hired gun stuff, uh, Doug, is it uh, is there any uh, monetary compensation for you, or is it just kind of uh, you know doing it as a as a friend because uh, somebody's asking? Oh yeah, no, I, I just did it as a friend, and uh, I, I love to compete. Actually, in in the, for the Houston, um, there's a waiting list to get in, and I'm I think it costs thousands of dollars to to actually ha- have an entry into the Houston rodeo. So um, I I didn't have you know it's just like uh, Ernest Cervantes was there, and he was. He was the cook for a pit maker and uh, several other of my friends. So, you know, these, these large corporate sponsors have the booths, and so then they have, have other cooks come in and cook for them. So it's not too unusual at, 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 at the Houston Rodeo, I'd say. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, Doug, was the fact that I've heard uh, through rumors and, and otherwise that it's very hard to gain entry into that contest. And, you know, almost it seems like it's uh, like the, those rib burner circuits where they're almost – will down from generation to, to generation is it, is it that hard to to get in or is it just the fact that it's huge cash to to get an entry no it, it is kind of that way because carrie was on the uh, houston rodeo uh, uh committee you know for the for the actual rodeo or uh and and so that's how he there was an opening that that came up and so he um as i understand it bought the, the right to have the entry and uh, he's been cooking it now 14 years in a row. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so he's, you know, he uh, and I, I was actually we, we got to ride in at, at the uh, grand opening of the the Houston Rodeo tonight, and so I was talking to his daughter. And uh, so, just like you say, they're going to take it over in in a few years when when he's tired and and doesn't want to want to you know uh, manage the team and. And all the details that go in with uh, with a party that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and probably 500, you know, feeding 500 people. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Doug, as far as uh, row cookers is concerned, um, you primarily IBCA, or do you stretch out and, and get into a bunch of other sanctioning bodies? Yeah, um, I, I've only, you know, the Jack Daniels was the only KCBS uh, that I cooked, and that, that was actually pretty fun. I, I like the the, for, the scoring as a KCBS better than Texas. And uh, uh, I cook. I'm a life member of IBCA now, and and uh, a member of Texas Gulf Coast and Lone Star Barbecue Society. So I really kind of pick my events. I cook some of the larger ones, like um, Western. You know, the West, when Western Wood had that big series where they were paying thirty thousand for a cook off. I did all those, and I do about ten a year, and and it's really more about you know convenience of weekends and things like that. So, um, but I, I try to cook some of the big ones just to just to have fun because um, I like to compete. Uh, Doug Scheiding is the pit master for Rogue Cookers. Doug, do you have a, a website or anything uh, social media-wise you like to put out in case people want to find out a little bit more about you? No, I, I have a Facebook page, and, and people can find me there and uh, Rogue Cookers um, on Facebook, and, and that's pretty much how I, how I do my communication. All right, uh, as I mentioned, Doug is the pit master of Rogue Cookers this past weekend, part of the team. Uh, that won the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Cookoff. That was across the tracks barbecue uh, for the team that he cooked with. Doug, really appreciate the time tonight, the insight, the look back, and uh, really uh, brought some great energy, which I certainly appreciate as the host. So uh, thanks so much for doing it. Absolutely, and I and I appreciate what you do because uh, you know I, I've learned a lot of things listening to your show, the roundtables, and and uh, you know all the other guests and things. So you, you're a big part of uh, where I am today. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. You bet. There he Thanks, is. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. My pleasure.
Doug Shiding from Rogue Cookers. First time on, I can tell you what, that guy uh, has a rap about him and is bringing great energy. Look, what do I always say? Is I guess you could be the most thought-out, well-versed, accurate guest ever. But if you're bringing the deadpan, worst guest ever. You talk with energy and excitement and you're bringing a take on something, even if it's, you know, people don't agree with it or, or maybe it's not even right. If you're talking like, yeah, man, I believe it. You hear the excitement in Doug's voice? I mean, that guy, he's, he's a good interview. Looking forward to having him back on again. Darren Worth coming up out of the break. First, I'm going to tell you about the longest-running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru. If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I'm not going to get into the minutiae. But imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature. And once set, it keeps it running all the way. Uh, let me try again. Once set, it keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Maybe you're a busy working professional, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids doing errands. And quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. The Guru allows you to throw out a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. Of course, we talk about the two most popular items. The least expensive point of entry into automatic pit temperature control devices is the Party Q, 149 bucks. Fits on a majority of cookers to include the ceramics, the bullet styles, the kettle styles, the ugly drum smokers. It's a self-contained package that runs on AA batteries and literally can go from cooker to cooker to cooker. If you're a little bit more into the, the Wi-Fi stuff, multiple probes, and a lot of customization, CyberQ Wi-Fi tearing up the backyards and the competition circuits. Figure out which one is best for you and visit their website. Now, if you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit for years now. Also in the backyards all over the country. It's fully insulated, holds a ton of meat. Accommodates half and full pans for food service and works seamlessly with any Guru temperature control device. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Thebbqguru.com or visit or call 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Darren Worth out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Helping me close the show tonight is the pitmaster of one of the hottest teams on the competition circuit over the past few years. He was also down at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue event this past weekend, taking reserve grand championship honors. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline. 
And welcome back, friend of this show and pitmaster of Iowa's Smokey D's, Darren Ward joins me. Darren, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Darren. Appreciate you uh, carving out some time for us to take a look back at the uh, Texas jaunt that you and Sherry were on this past weekend. Are you still there? Or did you retreat back to uh, Sub-Zero, Iowa? Or are you in Arizona? Or where we find you tonight? Um, um, we actually uh, moved farther east to Pensacola, Florida. Really? Yeah, we didn't. Uh, I didn't really feel like bringing the uh, big trailer back up north, and we're going to be cooking ham in Louisiana in about three weeks. So I said, uh, and we're cooking the Sands Club out in Tucson, Arizona, here in a couple of weeks. So I didn't really want to go into the Sands Club without having cooked a, a KCBS contest this year, this year. So we want to cook this weekend. So we took it to Pensacola, and we're going to fly home from here. And um, Leave, leave the rig here and then fly back in about three weeks and grab the rig and head west to Hammond, Louisiana. Sounds like a logistical plan is uh, well established. Uh, Darren Worth joining me here on the show from Iowa Smoky D's. Uh, Darren, all right, let's, let's take a, a quick look back at uh, this past weekend. Is this your first time uh, cooking Houston livestock and rodeo? No, we actually got to cook it last year. Uh, we got invited to Houston livestock the committee has a reciprocity agreement with some major contests like the american royal and the jack and also the san antonio cook-off um, where they put you on champion's corner they treat you like royalty and they give you the opportunity to cook all three categories well so by winning the american royal in 2013 we were invited to cook last year and then when we won the jack last year we got invited to cook this year how do you find the event? I mean, obviously, it's a little uh, outside of the box of what you and Sherry usually cook. Um, I mean, you've had one under your belt, so it's not alien to you. But, you know, how does it compare and, and contrast to what you're typically doing? Well, you know, from, from an event overall event standpoint, people ask me about what, what's Houston like. And I'm going, you know, it's like the American Royal Dark Side on steroids. <laughs> You know, it's it's huge parties. I mean, we walked up. I mean, there's, you know, there's 60,000 people on Thursday, 70,000, 80,000 people on Saturday at this event. And I talked to the, I went up to buy a couple cases of beer on Friday morning. And I was talking to the, the vice chairman of the alcohol committee. And he said they had already, by Friday morning, they had already sold 30,000 cases of beer. Wow. So people are getting ready to partake in a little libations. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a big party. Um, a little different for us on the, you know, cooking the half chickens. Ribs and brisket are pretty much the same, but, you know, the half chicken, of course, is the biggest challenge. Because of the amount of, of bodies and partying and so forth, I mean, is, is there all or is there at all a bit of uh, trouble uh, Dealing with your cook and stuff, or, I mean, are you pretty uh, insulated from all the, the goings-on with the other people and so forth? Um, they actually, on Champion's Corner, they actually, and, and most booths are this way, too, They you're kind of all fenced off, very professionally done. So we really didn't have to deal with, I mean, we, we dealt with the public, but we had open spots with, you know, me and Tuffy and Jamie and Ernest. Um, you know, that people had to get invited to come into our, our place. It wasn't like everybody was just walking through the middle. Our biggest issue this year was we were probably 100 yards off the main stage. So 
we dealt with very, very, very loud music the entire time. Uh, Darren Worth joining me from Iowa Smokey D's talking about the Houston Livestock and Rodeo and uh, their uh, ended up a reserve grand champ at this event. Uh, so you get to cook all three. Uh, I was talking to Doug Schmelzing uh, just a segment ago. Uh, he just cooked chicken. Uh, you can obviously pick for for those that aren't uh, able to cook all three. You have to choose almost like uh, the the Memphis and May. You got to choose ribs or pork butt or uh, whole hog. Uh, but this is chicken brisket and ribs. Uh, were you overall satisfied with all three turn-ins? Uh, were you surprised that the chicken is the one that, that got you to, to where you got? How did you find your turn-in specifically? No, the the chicken was really the only one that had the chance. I thought the chicken was was really good for the first turn-in. Like yeah, I was listening in, and you know, Doug um, said how you staged the second cook. So chicken went really well. Um, my ribs, I had a little bit of a mathematical error. Um, I, I'm not one to write things down. You know, I, I don't, I go the entire case of BSU without writing down a recipe or writing down a timeline. I just, we do it so many times and I've just never done that. Well, I was sitting down since it was Houston. I was sitting down kind of making my timeline out on Friday afternoon and I decided with ribs that it's like, okay, yeah, ribs, mine are usually done in three hours and 15 minutes. I'm going to give it four hours just because I want to make sure they're done. And I went through and I said, okay, I, my turn in for ribs was at 1.30. I'm going to back it up four hours and put on my ribs. Well, I'm watching Tuffy and Jamie and stuff, and they're putting on their ribs, and they're they're staggered, so they're 15 minutes ahead of me, and one of them's a half hour ahead of me. They're putting on their ribs. I'm going, what are you putting on your ribs for? You know, and I go through, and all of a sudden I get check their ribs, and they're not done. I'm going, what's going on? And so I'm, I've got them up on the microwave shelf in the jambo, and I've got my gateway can there cranked up to 350 degrees, and I'm trying to get these ribs done. I couldn't figure out why. Well, you know, if I really would have thought about it, usually I allow five hours before turn in, not four hours. <laughs> so I was an hour behind. Um, so ribs didn't, you know, I got them to the point they were done, but I didn't get them to the point of where I wanted them. Um, and brisket, for some reason, I did the same thing that I've done for the last two years in brisket, but I just could not get any flavor out of this brisket. We sliced into it, took a bite of it, there was no beefiness, no saltiness, just nothing. You know, it was just blah. So I'm taking this around to like Tuffy Stone saying, hey, what do you think of this? And he's going, uh, it's a little flat, you know, and everybody, we just couldn't get any flavor out of it for some reason. I have no idea why, but um, chicken ended up being very good. Doug had mentioned that three out of the last four years, chicken has won the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Traditionally, you think of Texas being, you know, brisket is king, and and I guess I was a little taken aback that uh, that isn't the one that would traditionally win it. Are you surprised that three out of the last four years, uh, chicken is a, is a winner versus the ribs or the brisket? You know, it, it's kind of it, the, the judging is is a lot different because if I'm a judge sitting at a table, you know, where KCBS all the chicken comes in and then all the ribs come in and and so forth, not really the case here, you know, so. I mean, I may be a judge sitting at a table, and all of a sudden, my first entry is a rib, and my second entry is chicken, and my second, third entry is chicken, and my fourth entry might be brisket, and it's back and forth. So they're just really judging barbecue, you know, which is kind of good because there's, you know, in case yes, sometimes we wonder are the judges comparing stuff, and there's really not a comparison factor when you kind of shake things up like that. Is this kind of like a, a crowd favorite? type judging? I mean, these aren't, uh, are they certified at all? 
like you would find it at a KCBS? Certified. I think you're. I think people sign up. That you know, a normal IBCA cook-off, I think they just grab people off the street and and off they go. I think this was maybe a little bit more organized. Um, still, people off the street, really no training. Um, you know, I'm sure some of them have judged a lot, but when you get to the finals table, then those people are kind of invited um, to judge at the finals. So this is a little out of the the realm of what you're used to. I mean, you're you're typically offering the flavor profiles that you put out because uh, you kind of know what the judges like, or you've seen success at KCBS contests, and and judges are trained, or they're supposed to be trained, and uh, they they know how to evaluate food and flavor and so forth. And when you're grabbing people off the street, uh, do you do you have any thought whatsoever about changing up and making it a little bit more mainstream versus what you would normally do at a contest, or you just keep it the same no matter who's going to eat it? It, it? It's it's the same. We we virtually cook the same recipes. I did make one one tweak on a sauce and chicken, but other than that, I mean, and that's kind of how we cook KCBS. We kind of cook mainstream. You know, I mean, it's not. We don't want anything that's too spicy. We don't want anything that's too sweet, too sour, too. You know, we really don't want that. We just want good, solid barbecue. We don't want to offend anybody. And the best way not to offend them is just kind of go middle of the road. Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's joining me here on the show. Uh, Darren, you said you were going to kind of stay south and east uh, and, and shoot back west a little bit. Um, have you made any adjustments in uh, flavors or, or techniques or meat purveyors or anything like that between uh, end of the season last year and as you start to gear up for this season? No, really, to tell you the truth, you know, since we got done and won the queue of the smoker, um, really a week before Houston, I cooked some chickens. Um, other than that, I really haven't cooked at all. I'm not a big practice guy. Um, I just, for some reason, just can't find the time to do it. And I really don't like to practice. Um, we're just shooting with the same stuff. We really haven't changed much in the last two years, and we've been very successful out on the circuit. So we're just kind of going in with the same, you know, the same, what we'll say, the same West Coast offense. Is there any thought, I know last year uh, towards the end, you started to, to sneak up on Donnie Bray and you said, you know, this isn't going to all of a sudden turn into a, a chase at the end uh, like we had back in uh, 2009 or whatever it was when you and Steve and, and Rod were running till the end uh, in Arizona for team of the year. Uh, do, do you have any uh, eyeballs on a, a team of the year run at this point or uh, or not at all? No, not at all. Uh, you know, and I had this, I had this conversation with some people, you know, because, you know, I get asked that question a lot about team of the year and stuff. And, you know, I think it's a great honor to win the team of the year, but I think there's also some structure in the way you got to cook your season. If you try and achieve team of the year, and it means, you know, you need to cook the big contest. And, you know, personally, there's a lot of contests that I like to go to that have 15 or 20 teams in them. I go to, I'll cook two or three contests this year that won't even be qualifiers for the Jack or the Royal or stuff like that, but our friends cook it or it's from the small town that we just love to go to, you know, so our season's really not dictated around trying to win two of the year. Ours is about where can we have the most fun and where have we done well in the past. How many events do you have on the tentative schedule right now? Well, you know, I threw out a schedule and there was only 25 of them, you know, on there. So I know I probably got 10 or 12 more that need to go on there, but um, that was just the first start. To tell you the truth, we've been so busy with the restaurant 
um, what they're doing, their strivings and dives and everything happening over the winter months. I really didn't even, really haven't looked much at a barbecue schedule. And actually, you know, it was about a week before Houston that uh, I finally got in the mood to, finally got in the mood to barbecue. And you uh, come out firing with both barrels, uh, taking uh, reserve. I mean, that's uh, uh, quite a quite an accomplishment for the uh, the size and the kind of the status of that particular event, right? Yeah, I mean, we were we were very lucky. One thing that you know Doug didn't mention that's that's really tough there at Houston is you know they tag your meat. Well, you only get two racks of ribs, you only get two chickens, and you only get two briskets. So when you're turning in, let's say ribs. You've got one rack of ribs for your first round and one rack of ribs for your finals. So you've got one rack of ribs to make it happen. And in the first round, like last year, we finaled in ribs. I think we ended up getting fifth in ribs. But you, you turn in the first rack, you got to turn in six bones. On the second round, you have to turn in 10 bones. Well, I was cooking a rack of ribs that only had 11 bones on it, so I never even got a taste of going into the rib finals. That's uh, that's kind of uh, pressing it right to the limit when you only have uh, one rack to deal with instead of cooking, you know, uh, two or three like some of the other teams do on a normal weekend. Yeah, and, and like with the chicken, I mean, you're like Doug said, he spatchcocked it. I actually cut my chicken all the way um, through, made two chicken halves, and then turned them towards each other and actually tagged through the wings because they both have to be attached. Um, you know, so you you really got one chicken to try, but you really can't. Like in KCBS, you can adjust a lot of flavors by yep. doing things. Um, you really don't have a chance to adjust anything. What you cook is what you got to turn in. Darren Worth is the pitmaster of Iowa's Smoky D's, and he is the reserve grand champ at this weekend's Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Uh, if you would have won it, Darren, is, was there, is there basically anything else that you need to win in competition barbecue at this point? <laughs> No, that's what I was saying. It was definitely a, it's definitely one of those bucket list items, you know, um, probably Memphis in May, but that seems like a lot of work. So I'm really not interested in that. So, you know, I guess our new bucket list is to try and go win them all again. All right. We, and we look to Houston to win that one next year for sure. Uh, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's. Always appreciate the time, Darren. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. Sure. You're welcome. There he is. Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's. Man, I'm telling you, if he would have won that, I mean, really, what else is there to win? He probably would have won everything at that point, uh, as, as he said, aside from Memphis and May. But I mean, Darren, you don't have to you don't have to cook whole hog. You can do ribs. I mean, you know how to cook ribs well. You know how to do pork shoulder well. Chris Lilly won Memphis and May last year with a, a stone cold frozen pork. Butt. He won it. Chris Lilly's pretty good. We'll be back to wrap up the show after I tell you about Butcher's Barbecue. That's right, folks. The easiest way to step up the barbecue and grilling game, visit ButcherBBQ.com. We all know Butcher's Barbecue is known for the injections, the pork, the beef, prime injection, the bird booster, all that good stuff. You can find them all at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're on the lookout or a go-to rub or sauce, well, relax. You've hit the mother load here as well. ButcherBBQ.com has a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites is that honey rub, which I am just about to run out of. So you're going to have to place another order. Steak and brisket rub. Love that stuff. 
try the premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's because it's formulated to work with that injection. Perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike. Last but not least, tell you about it every week, Butcher's Barbecue's sweet barbecue sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets, right? Butcher's Barbecue Sauce wins in all the categories that are important for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just right amount of back-end heat. No liquid smoke that I can detect, so I appreciate it. You know, Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce and didn't take the easy way out. Grab a box of six. It's going to go fast. You'll thank me later. No worries about breaking the bank on shipping. Items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at $8.50. Between 55 and 200 ship at $9.75, and anything over $200 ships for free. So... As I say each and every week, do yourself a favor. Find items totaling up to $200 and a penny. You don't pay shipping, and you reap the rewards. That's right. Head on over to Butcher Barbecue right now. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. Don't forget, you got the trade-in link thing going, too. Had a commercial injection that you don't like. You don't have to throw it away. You can send it to Dave. All in the commercial packaging. He'll weigh it and send you back at your behest, the exact thing that you're looking for from his product. Uh, we're back to wrap up the show right after the Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back, 216-220-0966. Greg at com. We go to the one, the only, he's been in studio, for crying out loud, Patrick Paquette from the Basic Barbecue Team. Patrick, how are you, buddy? Hi. Hi, Greg, how are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, Patrick. What can I do for you, buddy? Can I, can I just um, share or vent a bit regarding the, um, the flag controversy? Uh, yes, your phone connection is horrible, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll try and speak louder. It's um, this case. The people get all worked up about the flag bit, and I understand it, and I agree. However, I would just ask those listening to your show yep. that the importance of the flag being flown and taken care of be the same at the end of the contest and at night. As a first-generation American, we were brought up with, you know, the flag code and all of that stuff. But that, that respect that everybody pissed off because they couldn't put the flag up needs to be carried in at the end of the contest when you see flags draped all over stuff and on the ground and just treated like shit. I get the part of democracy is allowing that to happen. But I just, there's a lot of hypocrisy when you get pissed off about not being able to put it up. But at the end of a contest, when everybody's running and got to go, and it's time to leave and get out of here, you're going to treat it well then, too. And it's just, I just need to vent that, because no one's talking about that other half of it. And I understand why some places put in rules about dealing with the flag with some respect, and I'm just one of them guys, but it's just one of that said, because it does piss me off when I see it sometimes. Uh, Patrick, I agree 100%. If you have the flag out at night, you put a light on it. If you're going to be taking it down, you don't let it touch the ground, you're handling it uh, the way you should. And uh, so if you're going to get pissed off because somebody's telling you to take it down, city ordinance or not, uh, you know, raise it up, fly it because you like it, but treat it right at the end. Absolutely. Good call, Pat. If you don't know how to treat the flag, you know, make sure that you do some due diligence on your part. And don't be a hypocrite like Patrick is saying. Absolutely. I agree. 
All right. Uh, thanks again to Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's. Thanks to Doug Scheiding from Roe Cookers as well, joining me this hour as guests. All right, let's wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ryan Moore, Knock Your Socks Off Barbecue, talking about the win over Lake Havasu. We then transitioned over to who I consider to be a Hall of Famer, Mike Davis, Laudable Barbecue, talking about his uh, top six finish in Daphne, Alabama, moving on to the Sam's Club Regional Round in September. Among some other things. Great interview. Go back and grab that one. And then in the second hour, as I just mentioned, we talked with Doug Scheiding from Rogue Cookers. He uh, won the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue event, cooking with Across the Tracks Barbecue. And we just finished up with Darren Worth, Iowa Smoky D's, took reserve grand championship honors this past weekend as well. Uh, if you use raw cast iron, as I leave you here tonight, reseason it each and every time, right? Reseason it each and every time. Little Pam, little Crisco, it starts to cool down, hit it with a little grill brush, knock the bits off, and then season it to give you generations of rust free service. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.